The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday, the 29th of November. I'm Tim Spears, and on today's show. Newcastle have their hearts broken in Paris. There's nothing out of the ordinary about Livermento's position. He was running in the Premier League. The fact it had a deflection means that it wouldn't have been given. An Englishman helps Dortmund through to the knockout stages. Dortmund really believe in his future and this will do him the power of good. And can Manchester United save their Champions League campaign tonight? Fundamentally, United do have more than enough quality to win this game. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. Before we get to Newcastle's result, let's bring you up to speed with what happened across Europe on Tuesday night as four more teams booked their places in the knockout stages. Barcelona are through after they came from behind to beat Porto. Here's Joao Cancelo for Joao Felix, who finally makes a major statement and puts his mark on this game. The two Joao's, Cancelo and Felix, were the goals in Spain. And in the same group, Shakhtar Donetsk beat Antwerp 1-0 earlier in the day, which means the Ukrainian side face Porto in Portugal next month, and the winner will join Barcelona in the last 16. Goal of the day? Hermoso's incredible volley on the turn from a tight angle for Atletico Madrid. But did he mean it? A little ball in and over the top and into the back of the net. Sensational goal! Hermoso up from the back with a sublime touch for 2-0. Either way, that contributed to Atletico's 3-1 win over Feyenoord to send the Spanish side through to the knockouts along with Lazio, who beat Celtic earlier to wrap up Group E. And stop me if you've heard this one before, but Manchester City went two down to RB Leipzig but didn't lose, just as water is wet, Erling Haaland scores goals. Only the one for the big Norwegian this time, as well as an equaliser from Phil Foden and this late winner from Julian Alvarez. The turn from Foden, and that wonderful chance. Alvarez, there it is. 3 2, Manchester City, beautiful move. That's the real Manchester City. They've come alive in this second half. But the big story of the night was in Group F, where a hugely controversial refereeing decision to award a penalty for handball against Tino Livramento denied Newcastle a memorable victory in Paris. Things were all going to plan for Eddie Howe's team, who were beating PSG 1-0 thanks to Alexander Isak's first half goal. They survived a barrage of shots, 31 in total to Newcastle's 5, plus PSG missed a host of chances and Nick Pope made an absolutely stunning save. Into stoppage time they went, a famous win on the cards, and then... They want handball now, they're screaming for it. Well, that's off his chest. off his chest onto his arm. It's off his chest. Oh, he's given it. I can't believe that. That's a shambles. He's given that. Shambles. How on earth has he given that? Kylian Mbappe went on to bury that penalty to secure a point for PSG, who remain in second place in the table, two points ahead of Newcastle. Jacob Whitehead is at the Parc de France and has been at Eddie Howe's post-match press conference. We've got to start at the end with this one, Jacob. Can you talk us through this incredibly controversial penalty decision? I think the place to start is just how incredibly cruel it seems. And the reason for that is that it has been given under UEFA guidelines and it would probably not be given under the Premier League. So what happened? Usman Dembele received a ball on the right-hand side of PSG's attack, puts in a cross and it hits Tino Livramento, who had an outstanding game playing out of position at left-back on his midriff. He's sort of running and his elbow's out. It flicks off his midriff and off the tip of his elbow and goes out of play. 
Initially, the referee, Simon Marciniak, who has refereed World Cup finals, didn't give it on the pitch, even booked a PSG player for remonstrating, and he was recommended to go over to the monitor, where he there changed the decision to award a penalty. There's nothing out of the ordinary about Livermento's position. He was running in the Premier League. The fact it had a deflection means that it wouldn't have been given. Yet here, under UEFA guidelines, it is a penalty and it really is the harshest of penalties. So hard to take, as you say. How easy or difficult was it for Eddie Howe to sort of control his emotions in his post-match press conference? What's what's he had to say about it? Well, it must be said that one of Eddie Howe's best traits is controlling his emotion. This is a man who very rarely gets angry. He usually never calls out referees at any point. He talks about how difficult their decisions are. But the fact that this went to VAR and was checked and kind of the decision was changed to make it this has left him, the word furious was put to him and he said, well, I don't disagree, maybe. What he did ultimately say was it was a poor decision. He disagreed with it. He was disappointed. He felt that if you played it in real time, you arrive at a very different outcome to what happens if you see it in slow motion where it hits his elbow and... In the context of Eddie Howisms, that is as extreme as it gets. It's such a shame that we're talking about a refereeing decision at the end of what was an incredible rearguard action in, the, in that second half, you know, with a squad that's really down to its bare bones. What, what can you say about Newcastle's performance up until that pivotal moment? This was a performance which deserved a lot more than to end this way. In this team, they had Louis Miley at 17, starting in midfield, and it was absolutely sensational. Tino Livramento was outstanding on the left. He's usually a right back and helped create Newcastle's goal as well. And there's just so much industry from Gillington from centre-back. Now, it must be said, PSG probably could well have deserved a goal, but I think that XG was something, some ridiculous number, like 4.5. They had a ridiculous number of shots peppering Newcastle's goal. I think it was more the circumstances of it, which means that this Newcastle performance will ultimately, and it's sad to say this, probably be a footnote because it's not referenced in the final result. And that, as well as the actual kind of reality of the decision itself, as well as where it leaves Newcastle in the draw, is what is kind of really saddening about how the last couple of minutes unfolded. Yeah, it looked for so long during the night that Newcastle would be facing the final home game against AC Milan, knowing that a win would then take them through. But as it stands, they're now sort of relying on PSG to lose away at Dortmund. And of course, they'll still need to beat Milan at the same time. I guess it's looking like this penalty decision is probably going to prove pivotal unless there's a huge turnaround in uh, in the games next month. They need to beat Milan in two weeks. However, if PSG fail to beat Dortmund and they finish level on points with Newcastle, that will still be enough. Dortmund still need a point to finish top of a group. So the realms of possibility there, beat Milan, hope PSG don't win, is doable. It's just not in Newcastle's control. Whatever happens, they enter knowing that they have a chance of at least Europa League football and possibly more. But how much more it could be without that penalty decision. As for the other match in the group, Borussia Dortmund beat AC Milan 3-1 in San Siro to secure their spot in the knockout stages, partly thanks to a goal from a young Englishman. Fulcrook, clever touch by Noggins, scores! Dortmund take the lead again! Seb Stafford Bloor is our German football writer and watched this one. Seb, huge result for Dortmund. Can you talk us through it and was it a bit of a surprise? Yeah, excellent result, Tim. Not too much of a surprise. I think the way they performed against Newcastle gave a lot of Dortmund fans hope heading to Milan. And I think they weren't always the aggressor in the game, but they they were the more efficient of the sides. They looked more dangerous. They did more of the ball. They were a bit more dynamic. 
And I think their big performance really came out last night and were very, very decisive. Jamie Bynum-Gittens was absolutely excellent. Mats Hummels was very good. Marcel Sabas had played extremely well too. So a lot of players stood up and very, very impressive. And this has been a bit of a turnaround really for them after that very poor start to the season that people remember from the opening few matches. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a illusory bad start because they remained unbeaten and they kind of plodded along. They didn't play with any style or panache, but they... They got enough results and yeah, it was pretty unconvincing. It remains unconvincing, Tim. They they won on Saturday evening against Brissy Munch and Gladbach, but went two goals behind, two very soft goals they conceded before coming back to win 4-2. And so Dortmund remained this slightly flawed side who still have enough individual quality to to win in the big moments, which I think is is probably what happened in Milan. I it certainly buys Eden Terzic credit through to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Outstanding result for him, of course. Plenty of work to do, though. And But Dortmund fans are a little bit of an awkward situation. Very happy about the outcome, but still a little bit unconvinced about the future direction long-term. You mentioned Jamie Bino getting scoring in San Siro. It was his first Champions League goal. Young English winger slash forward. What can you tell us about him and his uh, his progress so far? First thing to tell you, Tim, is that Jamie Bino getting has had a, a really terrible time with injury over the past year. He's had all sorts of issues and really hasn't been able to have a run on the side. But last couple of days, I think what you've seen is a healthier player, a fitter player, player with a little bit more self-belief. Scored against Brissy Munch and Gladbach at the weekend, provide an assist for Nicholas Fulcrew's goal. And the thing that's really had been added to his game, he's always been a very skillful player, he's got a lot of pace, but there's a bit of explosiveness to him now. And what I really liked about last night was the fact that in a moment the decide of the game, a player who hasn't had many big moments in his career was able to take a difficult opportunity uh, when it absolutely mattered. And for someone like him, having that waypoint in his career feels extremely important. Something to build on, something that makes him believe that he belongs in these kind of situations. There's an awful lot of talent there. Dorman really believe in his future and this will do him the power of good. Manchester United face a pivotal tie in Turkey if they want to keep their slender Champions League hopes alive tonight. Eric Ten Hag's team sit bottom of Group A with just three points from four games, a point behind both Copenhagen and tonight's opponents Galatasaray, who are both tied on four. Copenhagen travel to Bayern Munich, who are already through as group winners, but whatever happens there, United know if they lose in Istanbul, they are out of the competition with a game to spare. History is against United, who in three previous visits to Galatasaray have never won a match or scored a goal. Any chance then? Out in Istanbul, covering this one for us, is Dan Sheldon, who joins us now. Dan, United were in a bad place when they lost at home to Galatasaray earlier in the competition, but they've sort of turned things around in the Premier League since then. How are they shaping up for tomorrow? United are in a good run of form. Hoyland's back. He's obviously scored five goals in the Champions League, which going into this round of fixtures was only matched by Alvaro Morata. So... You know, United are in a good place in terms of their current form. Obviously, their, their, their performances in the Champions League haven't reflected that, you know, the bottom of their group. So so to win would be really important. But I think they should come in as favourites, given their recent run of results in the league. How is the team shaping up? There's obviously no Rashford here, suspended. Hoyland, as you mentioned earlier, probably the key, given his goal-scoring record in Europe. How's, how's the eleven going to be shaping up? I think so. And, you know, there, there was lots of talk kind of going into that Everton fixture. You know, there's going to be a really hostile crowd because obviously the Everton receiving the points deduction. But, you know, I think if we're all being realistic and being fair, the atmosphere that's going to await them at, at Galatasaray will be on a completely different level. You know, you can absolutely sense that Galatasaray fans are going to be making as much noise as possible. I was talking to a colleague out here earlier and he said the last time he was here, he had to put earplugs in 
to, to focus on his work, it, it got that loud. So yeah, I think Ten Hag's message of keep calm and carry on type, don't be overawed by the, the occasion or the fans and the noise they're making, do your job and we should have enough to win. And I think if you look at it on paper, you know, fundamentally United do have more than enough quality to win this game. It is just whether they can turn up and deal with the, the reception that's going to be awaiting them. Elsewhere tonight, Arsenal can book their place in the knockout stages with a draw against Long, who did previously beat the Gunners in the reverse fixture, so certainly not a foregone conclusion there. And in Group D, it has already been decreed that Inter and Real Sociedad are going through to the last 16. You can watch all the Champions League action later on TNT Sports in the UK and Paramount Plus in the States. And that's all for today's briefing. Thanks for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman. And executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you like what you've heard, feel free to subscribe and come back for more. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, have a great day. The Athletic.